0: And gentlemen, to episode 55 of Two Goalies One. Mike, I'm your co host, Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne Stanella as always. And we are pleased today to be joined by Eric Engels, senior columnist and insider for Sportsnet. Uh, Eric, appreciate you taking the time to be here, man. Thanks again.
1: It's my pleasure. And uh, sorry about this halo I got going on behind me here. I'm certainly not an angel. (laughs)
0: None of us are. Hey, none of us, none of us hockey followers are, uh, you love the game enough. Where are you right now? Are you in a rink?
1: I am at, uh, the Canadians practice facility and they are getting on the ice within the next 30 minutes. So I'm happy to take some time with you guys.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thanks again for coming on with us, Eric. I appreciate it. Um, especially with, uh, how quickly we were able to get this done a lot going on up there in Montreal. Hey, uh, You know, obviously you had an exciting offseason with, like, the acquisitions of a guy like Toffoli. You made the trade for uh, Josh Anderson. Um, A lot of exciting stuff, and you're holding down that fourth playoff spot, but that's not even making, like, you know, that's not even the top headline right now for you guys. The firing of Claude Julien, which took the NHL and the hockey world by surprise. How have things gone since that transition has been made uh, away from uh,
1: Claude Julien and Kirk Muller? Well, just to clarify, none of those things happened to me, but they did happen to the Canadians. So uh, yeah. it, it, it's um, obviously, you know, there was huge expectations on this team after the additions that Mark Berge made in the offseason. And, you know, when you make a coaching change, sometimes it takes a couple of games for things to take hold. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks. So I asked Jake Allen about that after a 2-1 loss to Winnipeg on Saturday, in which the Canadians played really well, but they kind of blew it in overtime. And said, you know, you were part of the Stanley Cup winning team when when Mike Yeo was fired and, and Craig Berube took over. And how long did it take? And he said, you know, it took two to three weeks. But he saw, you know, he said the key was seeing the team kind of come together and get all, all on one page. And he's seeing those elements come into place already with this Canadians group. Now it needs to translate into results. They need to build on the positive that they had. In that in that loss to Winnipeg even though it was a loss they played really well at five on five it was a dominant game um, from that perspective and if they can build on that and take it into Tuesday's game with the senators they could potentially build some positive momentum which they desperately need
0: for sure um, I, looking at you know it's been a whirlwind these past couple of weeks there with the coaching change um, but I, I praised all along I thought the offseason acquisition starting with Jake Allen um, you know as a goalie guy, Looking at um, even before the COVID condensed schedule, teams that had, you know, a 1A, 1B rather than a guy carrying the bulk of the load. And I know Cary Price is goalie Jesus to a lot of people. But in, in my eyes, um, in these back-to-back games, the Sabres have gone through this. They're goaltending a sub 875 safe percentage anytime they're back-to-back. Uh, I praised that move in the beginning. Um, I saw firsthand how lethal Tyler fully is. He lit the red lamp on me quite often. Pretty sure he got two goals a game on me. Um, but other than that, like Dwayne mentioned, Josh Anderson, lots of turnaround and adding pieces to a, to a young, exciting group. Uh, you see that with the Sabers that aren't having the success. Um, so I guess the first part of my question is, what has allowed this group? Um, because even before um, even before the coaching change, there was a point when you guys were at first, or you know, a point or two out of first, correct?
1: Yeah, no, the, the Montreal Canadiens were leading the 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 NHL, actually, before they jumped into this skid. They were leading the North Division, and uh, neck and neck with Toronto, maybe just before they, they jumped into this kind of 10-game funk, where they've lost eight of the last 10 in their last five games. And all the changes they made, you know, certainly came up roses. You know, Allen's got a 932 save percentage, foley has so got 12 here, goals. Josh Anderson had nine goals and just playing like a freight train. Joel Edmondson was leading the NHL in plus minus. All the additions were good. And, you know, this this team, I think I don't think anybody misread the tea leaves. We all know that they got a lot better and that they're probably a lot better than they've shown over the last 10 games. But, you know, there's, there's some issues here. They're not necessarily as good as what we saw at the beginning of the season. And we're going to see how it goes out. Going back to your point about the goaltender and bringing him in uh, and the value of that. You know, on Here's one it. end of it, you you, you see the, the long-term effect obviously being beneficial for Carey Price and getting more rest and not having to depend on him as much. But in the short term, it's led to a, a, an adjustment period for Price, and we've seen it reflected in his numbers. He's an eight, 88 save percentage. He hasn't played well enough, and part of that, I think, is that he hasn't really had a chance to get into the type of rhythm that he's used to. And the second thing is he hasn't had a goalie behind him in the last 10 years that's anywhere near as good as Jake Allen, and certain pressure that comes with that Uh, there's an adjustment for price to make and he's got to make it right now so they've they've given him a couple days to get it in order with his goaltending coach Stefan Waite there they gave Allen the net Saturday it wouldn't surprise me if Allen is in nets against Ottawa on Tuesday and then you know maybe there'll be an opportunity to get back to price a week later and see if there's been a change and I think there's a motivation there. I know that Carey Price wants to play better and we all know that he's capable of doing it. It wasn't that long ago. We go back to the bubble. He was probably the best goalie in the tournament before the Canadians got eliminated. So let's see how he responds to this bit of adversity that he's going through. I'm, yeah, he, I'm, uh,
2: go ahead. No, no. Yeah, he he definitely put on a clinic in that um, you know, and in that clinic in the bubble and i've always been an advocate and cully knows this too is like i've never been an advocate of paying your goalies a ton of money even even though we are goalies you think we bias. i'm completely against it i kind of top out at six six and a half at most where you pay for pay for a goaltender because i think it's been proven too many times you can win without having to pay your goalie that much you know it's been proven by chicago been proven even by la and you know uh pittsburgh pittsburgh even with matt murray you you don't have to pay your goalie 10 million dollars a season and that comes with a ton of pressure on Carey Price to perform because you know his contract does handcuff you in other places it would with any with any team um, you know especially when in the past the te- you know the Montreal Canadiens have you know struggled to put the puck in the net much like the Sabres right now but right now, obviously, with your nine and nine six and five record, um, I know you're two five and three in the last ten. But you're averaging almost three and a half goals a game, and the guys taken a major step forward. And like I said, the ac- acquisitions of a guy like Toffoli, guys like Josh Anderson, really. Like, I'm not going to call them glue guys, like 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 Cully would. Um I know I wouldn't games.
0: call those guys glue guys. I'd call them Tyler Foley, a yeah. goal scorer.
2: And yeah, I goal, a goal yeah. Yeah, not a goal goal. forward that really didn't no, get, never get the no, chance at Columbus. But no, I, I, but what I'm saying, what what I'm saying is, is that these guys were necessary to move the needle forward for for Montreal. And like, I, as much as I'm a Sabres fan, I am, and obviously it sucks being a Sabres fan right now. It's been it's been pretty fun watching the Montreal Canadiens move mm-hmm. the needle forward the way they have.
1: Yeah, except over the last ten games. If you're a Canadian, the games, you know. Yeah. Coming back to the the price point in the contract, um, you know, when Price signed his contract, he had established himself as the consensus best goaltender in the world. Swept the awards uh, in. He came 20- off a Hart Trophy, did he not? Yeah, 2015. When you have the the best player available in the league at a given position, you're not in a in a great leverage point in terms of contract negotiations, you either get him signed to the deal that he's willing to accept or you move him. And if you're the general manager that trades away the best player at a position, you know, this is a conversation that's going to continue with Jack Eichel and what his, what his feeling is in, in Buffalo as things revolve around him. Um, you know, I, I, somebody asked me this weekend, you know, why don't the Canadians try to trade for Jack Eichel? And I'm like, well, you know, if you're the Sabres and you have Jack Jack Eichel under contract and he's at the age that he's at, you do everything you can to make him happy and, and get things around him that will make him happier. And you don't even consider trading him because he's one of the like if he's not one of the five best players in the world, he's one of the 10 best players in the world. He's one of the five best at his position. There's no question about it. And you're not going to win any deal where you're you're moving him the no. other way. So. You know, it, it's one of those things where if you, you go back in time and people would have said, "Well, Carey Price wants 10 million bucks or 10.5 million bucks, you should trade him." Well, you don't just you don't just trade away. You don't become the GM that trades away the guy that goes on to win the Stanley Cup with someone else. And then with the pieces that you get in a goaltending market, like you're not usually winning a trade when you trade a goalie to begin with. You're not even, getting fair value in that trade, no matter what. And 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 even if you do, say you got some great assets and you built yourself a Stanley Cup contender, chances are. By the time you get there, the one area where you're going to have a need as you as you want to round out the roster will be in net. And then all of a sudden you end up not winning the cup because you didn't have a great goaltender to, to, to do the job. So it was, you know, I don't think Mark Bergeman wanted to give Carey Price an eight-year deal with a $10.5 million contract. But that's what free agency is. And every team has to deal with it. And when you have the best player available at a given position, you, it doesn't, it doesn't get processed the way a lot of the fans might think it would. So that's, that's just the reality of that situation. The, what, all that said, Carey Price is capable of being the best goaltender in the world, regardless of what we've seen from him so far this year. And there's been a pattern over the last couple of years where he starts off okay, not, not killing it and not winning games all on his own. And then in the month of November, he typically plummets and has a very bad month. And then he comes back December, January and starts playing. He ends up being top five in every statistical category that's relevant. So I say this as Carey Price is getting on the ice right now. uh, The season started in January. He was okay. February, he was terrible. And he's been given a chance to reset. And I wouldn't bet against him coming back very strong.
2: Uh, I wouldn't either I, you
1: know what
0: like you mentioned I think that it's it, to counter Dwayne's point and I've argued on this on this when you, when you are the best in your position you kind of dictate the market and, and set the zone for that so I've pushed back on that contract I think it's going to prove valuable but I wanted to bring up this point um Bergevin was on the hot seat like any Montreal GM always is right and I think he's kind of played his way out of that um, not only with you know hitting on some draft picks but also some you know good contracts and bringing in right pieces Um, getting to this year, um, looking back, the, the senators, you know, you guys started out well, the interesting thing to me, Eric, in this year, it kind of has a feel of college hockey where you're playing these weekend sets, right. And it's worked out well for some teams and not for others. Um, and after that hot start, you look to, after you guys split with the Leafs in the middle of February, you know, kind of the, you know, losing to the, to the Canadian or the Sens and OT. And then again, in, in the shootout, um, And then kind of, you know, getting swept there by the Jets these past weekends. Going back to the Gallagher no goal. Uh, Wanted to get your your take or the Gallagher interference, goalie interference call. I know that was a hot-button issue. I listened to you, I think it was on the network, kind of in the aftermath of that. Or maybe it was on Sportsnet. Um, Take me through um, what you... What, what explanation you were given and, and the mood in the room and how a play as simple as that could either end a skid right there and get you on the winning side and how you know the funny balance of the NHL where that doesn't go your way and then you lose the next two consecutive
1: yeah you, you know what I think it's it's gone and forgotten and was gone and forgotten the next day but obviously Gallagher was really frustrated the day the day after because you know the NHL sends video to the teams and they send video to the officials um, with examples cited. Uh, on what constitutes goaltender interference and what doesn't. Uh, Those videos are readily available to the public. I I shared the one that Gallagher referenced in his answer to why he couldn't understand why that goal was disallowed. His argument was that Matt Murray had an opportunity to reset on the play because he himself was buried in the crease. Uh, Someone fell on top of him. He got up and had the time to tip a puck. So... He felt that Matt Murray had ample time to get back into position after there was contact made with him, but and and he cited precedent from that video of uh, a goal that Jordan Eberle scored, where, where Freddie Anderson, uh, it was ruled that he had time to reset in the crease. So, it, you know, all that said, it's not the main reason why they they lost that game. It, it did take away an opportunity to win it in the final seconds, and that would have been a positive for Claude Julien probably. He would have kept the job for maybe another game or two. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, there was a lot of disturbing trends in Montreal's game that persisted for a while. And whether they won that game and ended up losing a couple to the Jets or, like, I think the writing was on the wall for Claude Julien right then and there. And, you know, the, the players, they're hot in the moment, but they're, they're, you know, Gallagher's an eight-year pro in the NHL. The next day comes, it's over with. And um, I think, I think everybody in general you know the fans have an opportunity to see the video rule book and get a better understanding of i think the nhl could do a better job promoting this stuff uh you know because a lot of fans don't understand what goaltender interference and they don't understand how illegal contact to the head works and they don't you know and it 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 seems as though common sense should dictate but the rule book is in place and there's a lot of things that we could do um, whether we're media or fans that would better inform our opinions on how these things get ruled in, in the moment, because you you take emotion out of it and you really think about it. And, you know, Gallagher was emotional, but he took the emotion out of it and, and went to the, the causes that he saw in the video. And I think he was justified in his argument
2: for sure. Well said. Yeah. You know, um, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying to organize my thought. Go. Uh, it's okay. You- I I
0: had one ready while you tee yourself up. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking, looking ahead um, to to this
2: northern division.
0: Um, who, who who stands? Obviously, the Leafs are playing really well. Uh, matchup wise, you know, as the standings sit right now, do you think that the four teams with with the Jets, Oilers, Leafs, and, and the Canadians? Is that do the Flames make a push in there? Obviously, you've seen the Canucks and Senators. I don't think the Senators are going to be able to make a push as much as I love DJ Smith and the way Brady Kachuk's playing. Uh, and the Canucks are have just been proven to be all over the map and not getting great goaltending and defensive zone plays all over the place. Who is the who's the odd man out among those five teams at the end of the day, if you had to guess right now?
1: I'm not gonna guess, but I am gonna tell you that I expect the Calgary Flames are gonna be a lot better than what we've seen from them so far. I think you know Toronto. Coming to them, I had them at the top of the class here. And one of the reasons why was I really liked what they did in the offseason. A lot of people looked at Joe Thornton and Zach Bogosian and and, uh, Wayne Simmons uh, as guys coming in and not necessarily moving the needle. And and you're giving up Johnson and you're giving up Kapanen and you're giving up some offense. But I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs desperately needed that type of character in their room. They needed some guys to get in some faces. They needed some guys on the ice that play with a certain level of edge. Um, take some pressure off the guys like Matthews and Marner, but also show them the way. Tavares is an understated leader in terms of the talking part. But, you know, on the ice, when you watch him play, he plays as hard as anyone at both ends. So I liked what Toronto did. And one of the things that I think has developed here since we've started the season, their commitment to the defensive side of the game is apparent. And that's a dangerous thing moving forward. And that's why they are uh, kind of head and shoulders above the rest right now. We'll see if they maintain it because they're building some good habits there that could pay off come playoff time. The Oilers, you know, they've got two superstars driving the bus and there, there was some moves made there also that I think helped the, the depth. Ken Holland couldn't do it all in one offseason. There's a lot of issues that need to be solved in that roster. They're not perfect. We'll see if they can be consistent. The Jets were the team that were the most undersold in this division. You know, everyone knows what the top six is. It's lights out. But beyond that, there's issues on defense. And Connor Hellebuck is under pressure to be the best goalie in the league almost every night, given the chances that they give up. But they're also finding a certain level of consistency. Ottawa, you look at them, I knew they were going to be a hard team to play against for every team in this division. They're they're young. They have nothing to lose. They brought in some character guys, not necessarily quality players, but character guys that will push the attitude every single night. And that team's going to grow out of it. We'll see whether or not pro scouting can, uh, can do a better job moving forward as they develop into a team because you could see this thing getting ruined for them if they don't. But, you know, there's this Canadian division, there's a lot of, of up and down here. It's going to be tight all the way to the end, and I think the Canadians are going to rebound. I think the Flames are going to push their way into the conversation, and it's going to be tight all the way to the end.
2: Yeah, you know, it's uh, going back on your point about the Maple Leafs too, um, you couldn't have said it better, uh, you know, I could have said it myself, is the additions of Joe Thornton, although people kind of like maybe not rolled their eyes, but like you said, didn't think they might move the needle forward. Tavares is a guy who maybe, I, I really don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for that team. I think he's the most criticized and sometimes isn't really worthy of the criticism. But I guess that comes with being in that city and wearing the C in that city. Um, but again, like he's not very outspoken, but he does the things on the ice that it, you want your captain to do. He leads by example, but it, it kind of blows my mind that where I, you know, I'll go on Twitter and I'll, I'll look on social media and look at the criticism because I'm, I, you know, because of the way the RC season is going, I'm more ingrained in what's going on with the Leafs right now too. And just seeing the criticism that guy gets from the fan base is insane to me. It's just like, you know, he's not being good enough. Take the C off his chest. That's that' said like, you, you guys realize like you're running that division right now and you have a like Austin Matthews is by and like like by and far maybe after McDavid, the best player in the NHL right now. And that team is just so much night and day better from what they were last year. Like you said, they've really taken a bigger responsibility defensively in their own end, um, cleaning that area of the game up, especially below the dots Um just seeing what that what that team has been able to do, and it blows my mind the amount of criticism they get. And bringing a guy like Joe Thornton in, too, because a lot of things that were criticized last year was, you know, the maturity level of, some, of this young hockey team. Joe Thornton is one of the most respected players in the entire league, entire world, in my opinion. And when he talks, you listen. And I thought that was immediately going to do worlds for them. And you bring in Wayne Simmons, another respected guy in the NHL, has a lot of edge, has a lot of grit. Um. Just these got these leaders that I think that team lacked. You know, locker room leaders. I guess is what that team lacked, and they've really helped. You know, take that. You know, help the the Leafs take that division. So I just wanted to really piggyback on that. Um. That that point you made, but you know, like you said, the you know the Canadians, um, are the Canadian. I keep keep Wait, losing my. Wait, can I
0: piggyback off your point? Yeah. 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 You- Eric and I know you haven't seen much of the Sabers. To pivot to what we've been going through, uh, obviously with an um, you know a lackluster weekend, getting you know back to back three nothing performances. You have the skill in Buffalo. Um, you mentioned different acquisitions for the Canadiens and and for the Leafs. Um, you know guys that aren't maybe the you know the seventy point guys, but guys that are filling a role. Um, tell me what you think about my point here. Um, the Sabers lack maybe guys that play those roles, those unheralded roles. Um, that you need, you know, you have guys like Jack Eichel and, and Rasmus Dahlin and, and Taylor Hall, but, uh, the guys that really could step in and, and provide energy on any given shift and, and take pride in that role. And I know that's, you know, I don't want to give cookie cutter fucking examples of it, but one thing that's really stuck out to me is the Sabres lack that and, and, and in, in, the games that you see where yeah. there's no emotion, um, what is there a possible solution for the Sabers? Is is it is it? Is it I, I'm not on the board of a, a coaching uh, change at this point. I know much of the Sabers are. I think that's just an easy, easy thing to say. I think it's something more than that. I know it's hard to make moves in any NHL season. Maybe more so in the COVID area in the COVID season. What can Kevin Adams and company do to maybe ignite that flame? Maybe bring some guys in outside of what we have in Rochester, um, where that's always you know a crapshoot with how guys are going to adjust it in the protocols given with COVID. Um, what can Sabres fans expect outside of this? Oh, fire the coach. You know, when you have that yeah. continual, you know, musical chairs of GMs and coaches, that to me is just feeling the fire. What can the Sabres do in your eyes that could maybe put an end to these Jack Eichel Sabres? Or these this Ruben might,
1: fans? this might not be a satisfying thing to hear for Sabres fans, but I think it comes down to culture. And I think one of the things in the way of building a team and, and getting on, all on one page and, and having that kind of team mentality of playing for one another is affected by COVID. You know, it, it is affected by the fact that they can't be in the, the same room all the time and they can't do all their video sessions together and they can't go for dinner and they can't go out on a, on a bender for a night and, and talk it out and get in each other's face or whatever it is. But to me, it starts with that. It, it is the certain kind of culture of guys, we need to sacrifice for each other. And, and go out there and play. And yes, it's going to require bringing in some players from the outside that can help in that regard, which obviously is tough to do mid season with what we're dealing with in the pandemic. But I think Kevin Adams is likely looking at those elements right now, because he's got a few good leaders in that room, but probably not enough of them. And you got to find a way. Ralph Kruger is a, is a great motivator and a very smart guy and a philosophical guy and a guy that will get one-on-one with all his players and try to get their, their input. But You have to find a way to bring everybody together. And right now there's a lot of challenges in the way of that. But it's hockey. There's a lot of money on the table. There's no excuses. uh, And you got to find a way. So I think those are probably all the things that they're discussing internally, probably within the team themselves, but also within management. And we'll see where it takes them. Dwayne, one last question I have.
0: Eric, I, I've, I've said often that with the lack of a, a, tr- a regular training camp, with lack of preseason and all the COVID rules in place, teams that had big turnover and adding big pieces, like Montreal, their similarities with, with the Tavoli and the Andersons and, and Sabres with Stahl and Cousins and Hall, That not having that opportunity this year, how has, what has Montreal done differently? Is it more just the, the, the simple fact that they had more of a core and less pieces coming in with Buffalo more turnover. What have they done that Buffalo hasn't to, to alleviate that that right. cohesiveness?
1: I'm not sure what happened in Buffalo, but I do know that in Montreal, they really, you know, they were starting off with a two-week road trip, which, which helped. You know, there was there was a certain element of flying together and being together, and, and the planning that went into training camp. You know, one thing about Claude Julien, he got a lot of criticism for his adjustment ability, but he's an excellent planner, and they, they really executed their training camp well. They also had you know, one advantage that they had over the Sabres, they got to participate in the playoffs and they had the experience of going through phase three training camp before the playoffs. And so it was a similar kind of blueprint in terms of planning prior to getting into that situation. And maybe that's where there's a difference here between the two teams. Also, you, you know, you mentioned Cousins. I know he was probably a late addition to uh, to the Buffalo room. And so, yeah, I mean. I think it's been different for every team, but every team dealt with the same challenges, but yeah, that, that might be one major difference here is that the Canadians had the playoff situation in that training camp to get prepared. And, and it served as a blueprint for how they prepared for this season.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, before, before Cully took over there for me, cause I was like trying to get trying to organize the, well, cause I wasn't trying to exactly transition over from the Canadians, to the Sabres, but I kind of was um, that that's in my opinion. You know, I think the, la- the the lack of accountability from outside, not not just the culture in the room, but at the top, is what's really killing this franchise right now. Um, you know, you have, and I'm not going to criticize Kevin Adams and the jobs he's done, job he's done, because I, I I'm I'm not, I'm not exactly you know through the roof about it, but I'm also but I'm also I'm not I'm I'm not mad. Um, I also think that he was brought in more or less to be a yes man to the Paguils because he's been around the Paguils for a while, because that's really the only explanation you can give me for a guy who. Two two and a half years ago, was coaching at the academy of hockey under you know coaching sixteen year old kids, and then makes the makes the jump right into a National Hockey League general manager role. It's just it it, it really it it really for me it was more or less somebody that the Pagulas trusted to you know believe in their vision for the direction of this franchise, rather than maybe maybe tell them what they don't want to hear. Because you know you're been,
1: you're you're in the market and you you would know better, but I would suggest that. The one thing that the Pagulas definitely want is a winning hockey team. And, uh, you know, they they probably made their decisions based on the person they felt could best steer that in, in that direction. Uh, I don't know if he's a, a yes man or this or that. I know he's got a job and a reputation to, withhold, to to uphold himself and wants to put the best product possible on the ice. So, And I thought they made additions where, you know, they had everybody asking the same question that kind of eternally is asked in Buffalo, which is, is this the year that that the sabers turn the corner and become that team and there were some signs that potentially they could be uh and there's still a lot of road left ahead here i'm not not suggesting they're going to turn it around and flip the switch and become one of the no, no. the best teams in their division but it's not impossible for them to turn it around and become a competitive one and they, with the pieces they have there they should be better than what they've shown so far i personally my opinion it's
2: and that, that, that's that's where where I, where I was kind of going is then you, you then you bring in this head coach who has been away from the game and obviously philosophically you know he says all all the buzzwords and we like to compare it here in Buffalo to what happened with the Bills you know you have uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean they you know they preach accountability they preach the process they preach everything and they hit the nail on the head with them immediately turned the franchise around in a few short years there weren't a or there was a carousel of hirings. They got it done right the right way the first time. And then you move over to Buffalo, and Ralph, again, as well spoken as he is and as, as, as good of a job as, as we believe he is at motivating, you look at his lineups every night, and they really leave you scratching your head. Um, Kyle Poso was your best five on five player with uh, your top five uh, player five on five in ice time last night. You scratched Dylan Cousins. Um and, and was playing in your top six, you continuously put Skinner on a bottom line role, playing him eight, nine, ten minutes a night, and expect something different out of him. It's just, it's just been, it, it's just been questionable calls since honestly the start of the season, and you're paying nine million dollars for a guy to play
1: eight, nine, ten minutes a night right now, and well. You know, The one thing I would say is, and, then the, and again, I'm not in that room, and I'm, I, I'm not as in tune with what's going on in Buffalo as you guys are. It's kind of been a bit of a tunnel vision situation with the way the divisions are set up, and just the last point I'll make because i got to go, guys. But um, I would just say that sometimes it is about, you know, when I mention the culture and stuff like that, I think that's yeah. where you start to come up with an idea of why Skinner finds himself where he is. If he's not buying in to the program that Ralph Kruger is selling here, um, that, can't be, that can't be acceptable in terms of how he's got to get the attention of the 23 other guys or 22 other guys. So uh, it would be, you know, I think if you look at the talent of Skinner, obviously you'd want to see a player like him be given an opportunity to, to, to respond, to, to, to come back to, hey, you know, if you do it our way, we're going to give you a chance and, and we'll give you a chance with our best players and we'll give you a five-game look there. Um, something needs to change there, obviously, yeah. because the results aren't there. So long as the results aren't there, there's always reason to change. Which they appreciate- haven't given
2: him like, once this season yet. He hasn't even gotten a full game on the top six yet.
0: Well, but, we appreciate uh, your time, Eric. Um, you know, hopefully the the Canadians turn around. You have some fun things to write about. Um, I know that the only possible meeting between our two team, our two clubs, would be what in the conference finals round. Um, that'd be fun. I don't think that's possible for us this year, but um all the all the best for you. Um safe, good health um and good hockey to you and uh to you and the team you cover, buddy. So thanks for having me, guys. Time.
2: Thank you very appreciate
1: much. Appreciate your
0: time, Eric. So
1: yeah.
0: That was Eric Engels of SportsNet covering the Montreal Canadiens. Dwayne, uh, if you want to give us the old manscaped read.
2: Uh, oh, today, in we'll, uh in a minute we will in a minute. In a in a in a minute, we'll. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to cover. I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of kind of disappointed we didn't get a little, like a few more minutes with him, but just obviously I didn't, a little you more. Didn't
0: mean, it you just looked like you were uh, you were in the middle of thinking.
2: No, no, it was I was trying to process my thought process and trying to do uh, segue into the next subject. But um, I was I was trying to segue into what happened with Claude Julian. I know we you know that was one of the things I definitely wanted to speak a little bit more on was the fact that. After starting the season, I think it was nine five and one. You go to firing honestly a, a coach that has almost seven hundred wins in this league. Has Can a Stanley I, on that? I yep. think
0: I've I've done a lot of digging on this um, because I didn't understand it either. Listen, and he he touched on it, and I don't know if you caught it. The writing was on the wall, but for Claude Julian, and I know people say that a lot, but it, it wasn't just. Like, even in their start, Dwayne, they had underlying numbers that were troublesome. You know, like he said, Claude Julian's a great planner, but he always has been kind of, yeah, he's got 700 wins. But it, the knock on him has always been, no, he's bad at adjusting, whether it's in-game or in-between games. And even though they, they, their record showed positive, like, it very easily could have been the other way. Like they were outperforming their metrics, yeah. if, if that's a way of saying it. So I think that he was on borrowed time, and like he said in his answer about, um, you know, they lost that game against Ottawa when when this low goal. Even if they had won that game and didn't get swept by Ottawa, it, you know, Julian was still getting fired. So I, I, I really, because I didn't understand it either. I'm like, why was this, why is it so apparent to, you know, these people that were in Montreal and, and have had a beat on the situation that we didn't know? And what's different between that situation and our situation with, with uh, Ralph Krueger? And, and I think that the, the Canadians were outplaying their metrics and they're uh, above goals for average. You know, like, you know what I'm trying to say there? Yep, I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. So, and also, they also had somebody and Dominic Ducharme ready to go that didn't have to wait through quarantine that they clearly identified Mark Bergerman. I think maybe even coming into this season knew that Claude Julian was on a short leash and he had his guy picked out and ready to go. And Dominic Ducharme is extremely um you know well qualified in the chance that he may not have had a ton of or any NHL had coaching experience. But um and I know people give Kruger shit about this for being a good communicator, but Dominic Ducharm does a really good job of that. Just go back to you know he had one morning skate with his team before their weekend series against the Jets, or their back-to-back against the Jets. Now, they lose the first game, and Carey Price was iffy. The second game, the game on Saturday, they lost 2-1, Dwayne. The shot um, total was 45-8 to eight in favor of the Canadians over the past the last two minutes. They ran into a really hot going, Connor Hellebuck. But that just goes to show you they weren't doing that a ton, even in their wins with Julian. So Ducharme has made a, a point to go out of his way to, to connect with all of his players, uh, and something that um, Julian didn't really do as well. Uh, and he's also made adjustments, some adjustments that you've seen right away. And I know everybody's calling for Kruger's head. I'll let you speak on the Julian thing, but I, I want to go back to Kruger when you're done.
2: No, it's just with with Julian, um, I, I get it. It was 31 and 31 last season before COVID hit and ended the season early. You know, you made a, you made a push to the second round of the playoffs, you know, you know, obviously, it was done a lot on the back of Carey Price. I don't think that team makes past the first round without Carey and the way he played. But, you know, I, I look at Claude Julien, and, you know, I, I, I like to think of players like um, Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, you know, players that either developed under his tutelage to the players they are today. And I think of our own roster and the players that we have, guys like Jack Eichel. Like, I, I, just, I think of a guy like Claude Julien and what he could do with a Jack Eichel. What he could develop him into, and I, I, and I if you look at this carousel. Of, let me finish. Let me let this carousel of coaches that we've had since Eichel has been drafted and brought to this team. He's had zero consistency. Now you bring in a guy like Ralph Kruger who seriously preaches accountability, preaches um, the principles
0: of a system. It like that's a bad thing. What you say it like accountability? But, but he, he contradicts it, Cully. He contradicts it. How? By playing Kyle the the most out of any player on your team last night okay, that's okay. why the guy's literally sitting there collecting a paycheck johnny He's and collecting. And a and how he is this any other player? If, an if you're no, stop. You don't need to if yell. An guy, you don't need to yell. You're an analytics guy. No, if you're an analytics guy, if you want to sit there and preach analytics and you want to preach accountability. I don't know. Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm talking about him. If you're going to sit here and preach accountability, preach analytics, and preach principles of system, then why the hell is he even on this team? He Dude, is I'm not analytically one the of the. I I think that you're hitting the nail on the head. Kyle Eckpusser shouldn't be in the lineup. I've said that time and time again. Why is he playing 15, 16? Why is he leading your team in ice time last night, five on five? Why is he on the power play? Why is Jeff Skinner not even given a full game, a full game on your first line last night when he played one shift? One shift. A five on five hockey with, 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 with Eichel and Reinhardt. Their go- expected goals was 99.1%. They had seven or four, seven shots and that four score inches in the four minutes they were on the ice. And then you would immediately do- demote them down to the fourth line, Johnny. Immediately demote them down to the fourth line. Like, like, how can you sit there and go on your post game and preach all this crap? And that's what it is. It's it, it's buzzwords and crap. But then do the complete opposite, and you sit Dylan Cousins for what? For you sit Dylan Cousins for Kyle Poso? For what? I don't think it was sitting Dylan Cousins for Kyle Poso. I'm not defending all, everything that Ralph Kruger's done. I just think it's such an easy cop out for us to say fire the coach, fire the coach. Listen. We are not in the room. If 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 we want if you want to criticize him for the way he's handled Jeff Skinner, fine. If you want to criticize him for having Kylock Poso in the lineup, fine. I think it goes much deeper than that. And I think it's time that people stop giving a free pass to all the players. Because at the end of the day, there was no fucking life in that lineup. From Eichel, from Skinner, from every fucking person on that team. There was no life. Watch them not don't even just watch the, the hockey, watch them skating back to the bench. Wrist the line and lit a guy up in the whole fucking bench. There was not one guy that stood up or did anything. I think it's culture. I think Eric hit the nail on the head. It's such a it's such an easy thing to say. Fire the coach. And yes, is he is Ralph Kruger made unpopular decisions? For sure he has. Do I think Kyle Docus should be in the lineup? No, I think the game has game and passed him by. But I think that it is so. It's like a cop out to say that that's what that's why we're losing. It's not, it's not. It goes throughout. And I out games, games in a row, Johnny. Accountability, it's it's exactly that is why we're losing because there is none throughout this team. Okay. And you, it's so easy to just blame. Oh, he's not playing Skinner with them and a lock post in a lineup, dude. It's so much deeper than that. I'm not disagreeing it's with you. you. It's, it's, right you it's, horses. Horses. it's the coach dude, with his line usage, it's the defenseman being poor in their own end. It's Dallen letting the guys behind him time and time again. It's 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 every phase of the game, and it's every guy in that locker room. Pointing to one guy or one coach is not the fucking answer. And anybody that does that, you're, I feel like you're you're tell me that this guy has has it's done what it takes to win. Out one thing that's easy to point out. If it was that easy of a fix and they do that one change Wayne, do you think if Kylock Posto comes out, do you think they magically win hockey games? I think they would at least score some goals. Really? Because Kyle Postal got their best chance of the game and Hart made a great save. That, that that's fan that's okay,
2: that's great and everything. But why is he leading your team in ice time, Johnny? Why oh, is he leading playing. why Who is he else on your power better? play? We to talk about play. a guy who's he be better that that
0: terrible in his own played better in that game. Name one player that played better in that game. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Why you want to keep it? I think he was putting in the position. Listen, as much as I, you're trying it. to justify. You're trying to justify. You're trying to justify to me playing on Poso 18 minutes last night. Are oh, you me? simply pointing at? You're post- sitting post- here, spouting a number, Dwayne. It's not like you had a one story chat. I'm done. You, you're making a point about Akposo leading the ice? Did you see how minuscule it was? Everybody was in that 14 to 16 range. He was a – it's it like – yeah, He, he, he should, should be in the game. name Skinner's at right now. He didn't play more than two minutes, more than anybody else. And it didn't help that he was well, – How many minutes were penalty killed Dwayne? Look at the fucking numbers. Don't just spout off on some number, oh, that somebody else said, yeah, he led the team in ice time. How many of those were penalty kill minutes? I'll tell you right now.
2: Because they didn't take us on a penalty minute, t- penalties last game. I'll tell you right now. I don't believe you're, you're trying to fucking justify it.
0: Right. i not. I just think it's hilarious that that's the one thing you keep going back to. Kyle Ocposo. You think that's the problem with the team? I think he's a huge problem on this team. I think it is. I think Kyle Ocposo, Giannis Ross, is a huge problem. It's such a fucking lazy take. I it's agree possible. with he, he should have back you his comments. Posted two weeks ago, Johnny. is so white. you culture, Johnny. You want to go, go, Johnny. Johnny. So you you talk about culture, culture with me, Johnny? You want to talk about culture with me? Two weeks ago, after not recording a single shot in a third period of a game you were losing three to one, in your comments were it is what it is. Fuck you, Kyle Ocposo. Go go s- get off my hockey team. You want to talk not about accountability? You, How about making six not million you, dollars a season? Not my hockey team. It's not huh? our hockey team, dude. It's not our hot. What do you What do you expect me to say? It's Eric Engels. Even said the first thing he said was, "Well, you said we, and I'm not part of the Montreal Canadiens." He was bang on, dude. There's a reason that guy gets paid to do what he does, and we There's don't. Worries. He, he, also, also, first thing he also said, "We are not." He also, he, he also, Johnny. He also mentioned. He also mentioned that he has no idea really what's going on here in Buffalo. You, you probably are beat out. Why the fuck would he? But the first thing he said, Dwayne, he corrected us in saying, oh, I'm not a part of the team. And neither are we. So stop talking like that. God, God damn it. Me. I agree. He's that I, 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 I appreciate I, you know, always trying to play I, devil's I There it is. He shouldn't be a nice. Shouldn't be in the league anymore. There, there you go. I've never said otherwise. You want to talk about culture? You amazing. want to talk about culture? What does it say to a guy like Jeff Skinner? What is say to a guy like Jeff Skinner who has done nothing but score? He's two. You're what? paying him nine million dollars to score goals. He hasn't fucking scored. He's, he's not, not a, a good team. Eight, eight minutes a night. You're not giving him power play time. He doesn't even get on the ice in overtime. He's Been on power play too the whole every game he's been. He in hasn't. The oh, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No, he, he has. Was he is not really, he's, he's not ready he, for he he three he's games a, in a row. Two games. Oh. Two games where he wasn't. The other 14 he was. Okay. okay. You're saying he hasn't been on Power Play 2 the whole year? He he's hasn't really been here. on the Power Play two the whole year. There's been a couple times where he's been benched. Dwayne, he's been on Power Play 2 the whole year. I'm sorry they only get 30 seconds of each Power Play. I don't know what you want me to do. Who are you gonna Buffalo's power play? Number one is number one in the league. Who are you taking off that, that unit for Jeff Skinner? Is mad. I'm not saying taking no, 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 of you're, you're not you're not putting oh, Jeff Skinner putting Jeff, Oh my god, you're not putting Jeff Skinner in a position not, for Jeff Skinner who hasn't scored a goal. Who are you taking off that unit for him? You're not you don't have to take him off the first unit, Johnny. Of course – what is the second yeah. unit. He's on the same it doesn't matter, Johnny. It does not matter if your first unit is, is the best is, in the league. It, it <laughs> doesn't. You know, you're still losing hockey games, Johnny. You brought up a point that was clearly wrong. He's better, Johnny. You're still losing hockey games. You're <laughs> losing games. How many game? How many games have they won in the last ten, Johnny? Two. Not defending oh, them. Fuck the I'm power saying. play? You're not have winning a game. Have, them. have accurate points or don't have them. He's been on power play two the whole year. Every yes, game is in lineup except two. The there were two year. games where he wasn't. We have the best power play one in the league. And you're saying he's it doesn't playing. mean shit, Johnny, if you're not winning, does it? It doesn't I mean, mean anything it. if you're not it's winning. Words in my mouth. Never said it did. It doesn't mean I'm anything if you're not it's winning. Play. It's number one in the league. Like, that's just a bad take. Okay. I, the I, power play is not the I'm problem. Just giving, I'm the giving you examples of where. Sure, it's not, is not the Not the problem. You're paying for the penalty the time for God's sakes. You don't even do that. You he literally sits there, and you want to talk about culture. What message are you sending to the rest of your team when you have a guy who has had success his entire career, Johnny? His That's entire career true. until yeah. Ralph Krueger came scored to town. Forty goals three times. That's it. What you said? He's had success his entire year. Were you around for his first five years in the league? He scored he's thirty four. goals three times. He's not some fucking Pat Kane. He's a good I'm player in back game. <laughs> Big, oh my love. god. Oh my god. <laughs> Analytics <laughs> 5 on 5. Analytics <laughs> 5 on 5. <laughs> For most of his career, he's been one of the best players in the entire league, 5 on 5. <laughs> okay, Johnny. That's such, okay. that's such a joke. That's you looking at 1 5 on 5 goal scoring stat. You honestly think he's in the top Where do we struggle right now, Johnny? 5 on 5. Is he is he spoke? Is you think he's one of the top 10 players in his position? No, he's not, but he's a pretty goddamn good hockey player. And why is he making nine million dollars if he's not in the top 10 in his position? Ask Ralph. Oh my god, he didn't sign that contract, bro. Oh, no, 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 but he, Ralph, Ralph, oh he Johnny, the first line right now is a joke, the second line right now is honestly a joke. So, how do you, addicted, you don't give the guy offensive think that you, you don't give him offense. You do not give him offensive zone starts. You don't give him offensive zone faceoffs. And you give him minuscule playoff uh, or power play time. What do you expect the guy to do? Um, well, with the time he has had, he hasn't done shit with it. He hasn't been given really any time. Dwayne, he's played almost every game. You can argue about his line mates, but those guys on his line have more goals than he has. Dude, how many goals does Curtis Lazar have? How many goals does Curtis Lazar have, Dwayne? More than Jeff. Now we're really going to talk about about Curtis Lazar's four goals. How many goals does he have? Curtis Lazar's four goals. You're you're talking about ice time, Dwayne. You're talking about ice time. If Curtis Lazar plays the same amount as Jeff Skinner, and the he same go. he has two goals. He plays more than Skinner.
1: By how much, dude? Like, how like,
0: much? Like, yeah, like, Johnny, it blows my mind. Because sure. Jeff Skinner doesn't kill penalties. He's a one-dimensional player, dude. He's a one-dimensional he's a goal scorer. If he's, he's an, an offensive player, if he's a guy who's there to score goals, and you don't put him in a position to score goals, Johnny. Like, look at the numbers, Man. dude. Look at his he offensive zone start. Look at his offensive faceoff opportunities. He doesn't give, he's not given the opportunities. Oh my, I'm, this is such a tired take. Everybody oh, in Sabres land, and you guys just stoked the fire with, oh, dude, it's all because Jeff Skinner isn't playing. Well, You're maybe you an island by yourself. Maybe, maybe you an island by yourself maybe, yourself. maybe it's just that he's not having a good year, and and if as a one-dimensional goal scorer, he can't kill penalties. He's not going to be a good defensive zone player. I get it. He's an offensive guy. Get him more offensive time. Who is he better than in our top six? Because Stahl, Hall, and Cousins shouldn't break that line up. They've been great. Yes or no? They've been our best. Stahl hasn't been great. No, Stall hasn't <laughs> been great. <laughs> They've been our best line by far. By yeah. far. They were trash yesterday. What are you talking oh, about? you not in the fucking game, Dwayne. Wake oh, up. Yeah. Game. The Cousins wasn't in the game. I said Cousins, Stall, and Hall. How are they not our best line?
2: Oh, my God.
0: Who's, who's better than them, Dwayne? Like Who's what line's You're better? Not even giving Skinner the chance to be in that conversation, Johnny. I'm not, You're the not even giving him the opportunity to be in that conversation. Maybe, maybe he hasn't fucking earned it, Dwayne. You guys say that he's this fucking magical player, Dwayne? He hasn't done what he's getting paid to do. Why would you fucking reward that, Johnny? It's because you don't put him in that position. How can you honestly expect this? even even remotely 10% of the same output 15% of the same output you expect I'm expecting eight, 5% eight minutes nine, 10 minutes and not even you're, 1%. you're not even getting 1% like like but but even if you I'm not, okay doesn't matter I'm not I found a way to score he hasn't so yeah. how is the, your argument going right there <laughs> wait so wait wait his line mates have scored but he hasn't but they they've been given an opportunity to score. But he he has you're, you're seriously using Curtis Lazar's four goals. Four How goals. Does Jeff have? Four he's his reason, reason to point to Jeff Skinner being on the fourth line. Yo, he clearly doesn't deserve it. Have I said that he should be on the fourth line. But who is he taking out of the top six? Let's actually be smart hockey people for a second. Who is he? <laughs> be smart hockey people. What you've been doing hasn't been working, Johnny. It hasn't worked in two years. Dude, make a fucking educated fucking take and say where he should be. No, your take is uneducated because you're sitting here telling me that, well, find me somebody to take out of the top six that works. I don't know, Johnny, any of them right now because you're losing hockey games. You won two in the last ten, buddy. Hall or Eichel out of the top six, and you're having the same conversation about them, dude. It's a vicious... Dwayne, have you tried it? Have you tried it? <laughs> have you tried it? Because Hall <laughs> has one goal this <laughs> season, Johnny. The minute he takes them out of the top six, you would send out 100 fucking tweets and 100 gifts with the gasoline thing. It'd be no, the same. I, thing, Johnny, so because I want to see Jeff Skinner be given the chance. Okay, and when, when he's given a chance in the next couple weeks, Then he you can at least say you've tried for dude. more than two periods. When, when he gives him an extended chance, you don't even try, dude. You dude. don't. I'm not, he's not the coach, so stop yelling at me. When no, he's, you keep coming back at me. me, Johnny. You keep coming back at me saying, "Well, he hasn't earned this. He hasn't earned that." But you haven't even tried.
2: No, you no, have no, any
0: no, You no, think maybe after a three-game benching, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. that fired Jeff Skinner up? Maybe we should throw him in the top six? No, you put him right back down on the bottom line. Dwayne in his in in, in their shifts, uh, you could talk about chances all you want. Did they score? They had their best opportunities to score when you had the old line of Sam, Jack, and Skinner together again for four minutes last night. They were Jack, absolutely horrible. We're not talking about Jack. Sam wasn't good at all. We're not talking about Sam. Olsen wasn't good at all. We're not talking about him. That's like, what are you talking about? There was, honest to God, I think the best player they even had on the ice was Johansson. Like, the whole team sucked. So what you're doing why, isn't why, working. Why are we talking about one person then? It's I'm, not, I'm, not talk, I'm just using it as an example of poor Like I don't understand what this hard-on for Ralph Krueger you have is. I what dude, you I you just think, think it's so lazy for us to continually to just to say it's fire the coaches. When are we actually going to look at the? Take Housley back? back. Look at the regression of Rasmus Dalene under him. And that has nothing to do with Rasmus Dalene. I'm not it's saying it so doesn't, but Bobby he was, was a, fucking he was awesome. He awesome had awesome. first two. The coach. It's the coach, Jeff Skinner. Come a closer. It's the coach. Fire Tell me what it is, Johnny. Tell me what it is. Tell me what line. Why the lineup? Why the lineup you keep rolling out there, Johnny? Tell hey, me why the lineup you keep rolling out there is good enough. Right I'm just saying it's so lazy for that to be constantly spewed. But you are making not it not obvious? Our <laughs> best players. Maybe we should stop adding fuel to the Jeff Skinner fire. Maybe. So, Dwayne, you're saying in two weeks' time, if Jeff Skinner's given an extended chance with that with that top line and he still hasn't scored, you're saying you'll come back and apologize? 100%. Okay. 100%. 100%. 100%. For the record, I have not defended Ralph Krueger. I just said you – know, defending me. Ralph Krueger no, the last 15 minutes. No, I'm not. Listen to what I've okay. said. It's okay. so lazy to just say fire the coach. It deserves to be spread equally all around. Because Jack the shouldn't be on the players, dude. I'm not saying the, – the What? Sucked. What? The, team the owners shouldn't be on the players? What? No, I said what? I'm not saying will you shut up? I'm what? not saying I'm not saying the onus shouldn't be on the players. Listen to That's English. Exactly what English you just said. I am not First saying the verse. onus shouldn't be, on the players. shouldn't be on the players. It's exactly word for word what you just said. No, it back. go back, rewind. What? My exact words were the I am not saying the onus should not be on the players. Exact word for word. Take an English class, buddy. That is exactly what I said. But when your coach continuously doesn't put your players in positions to succeed, the players that you are paying big money, and yet for some reason, again, I, I don't understand the, the scratching of the one spark plug that you've had for the last like five games until in Cousins. You scratch I, it. I completely agree. I think that was very bad. But the game, the game before was Cousins and Bryson in the lineup. Bryson's hurt. Just answer. I know, but were they in the was, was Cousins in the lineup the game before? Yeah. It, was it the same result? Yeah, but like what, what, yeah, what, what I just, but, but, like, tell me kind of wait, wait, so wait. should not come out of the lineup? Tell, tell me what, what about he was so played. Argue one one of the big mistakes in the past two weeks. I think Ralph made a mistake there. I think cousins should have been in the lineup, but then again, I I don't know. They said they had a plan for him coming in. He's played more hockey than anybody else in the league. So the plan, so the plan is to I don't know know, and I'm not going to comment on something I have no idea about which every Sabres fan loves to do they act like they're the fucking general manager and they have access to every practice and every meeting which we don't for once I would like us to just fucking put a little bit of trust in the fucking in the coaching staff and the GMs right for an extended period of time let them do their job and if it doesn't work then but blow that <laughs> dude. He's I just, think you guys give a free pass. Literally neutered. Out. He's little Jeff. Cougar is literally neutered. What neutered? What was supposed to be the best part of this hockey team offense, scoring goals? He's literally neutered it. He's, he's cut it off. You know, on the players. How is that not on the coach too? It's on everybody. Has been my like belief the entire time. Wait, he's he's the entire club is playing defensive he's hockey. hockey. You're so lazy. Early. The you don't have the pieces in place you do not have the pieces in place defensively to play a defensive scheme right now johnny i've you said it from day 1 that our defense is not nhl fucking playoff hot like a team No, they're not from day who 1 are you roster into something it isn't dude and who is that the coach's job yes no it's not yeah. he has to deal with what he's been given but the, what he's been given dude he's trying to make them into a defensively first hockey team. That's not the way it should be. That's like in football when you when you when you when you're a run first football team. Tell me how often that wins in football. Almost never. Almost never. When you should be. Wait, so Tampa 70, 70 Bay, Bay did not run the ball down Kansas City's throat. What? So Tampa Bay didn't win the Super Bowl by running the ball down Kansas City's throat. They threw all season, Johnny. Wait, what did they do to win we the championship? Brady had. I just think it's a weird fucking analogy. Dwayne, I'm it's not disagreeing with you. It's an old just analogy thinking in great football. Every good hockey team plays oh. defense first hockey. That's not it's the fucking really problem. It. The problem it's is really. we have no consistent, we have no life. We are just a fucking flim flop team that just is so, oh, we're so soft. If things don't go our way, where? They are soft. They're the softest team in the league. They're the biggest point, in the hockey league right now. At one point, Dwayne, Toronto, what do they do this offseason? Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, they have role players. And I agree Fred with him. He said something I agree with 100% this morning. He said guys like Adam Mayer, Cody McCormick, um, even fucking Andrew Peters, for Christ's sake. When we had those guys that Drury and Breer knew that they could play and Shatan knew that they could play, but that the other guys' roles was just as important, that was the best take I've ever heard. Who are those guys on this team? When they, when they every challenge to at the end of the, end of the game, I've been literally saying every that every challenge to lead at yes. the end of the game. Who did something? Nobody. That's I've literally been saying that for six months. Guys, guy, guy, guys like Marcus Foligno, a player this team could desperately use right doing now. Wonders for us right now. Exactly. We don't have those glue guys, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode. How is that the we coach those glue. guys? How is that the coach's fault? That's my Uh, only point. uh, It's uh, not all on you, dude. It's not all on you. You said the coach's job is to work with what he's been given. Then why are you trying to make a team that has how many high-end first-round draft picks play defensive-minded hockey first when you should be playing run and gun, score as many goals as you can? That's that's not – no. Dwayne, I love you, but nobody in this league is playing run and gun outside of fucking who? Really? Toronto's not doing that? Dude, and we are as good as Toronto's lineup. And no, what is no, the one thing Eric not. said? What's the one thing Eric said? They have played so well defensively this year. You even said it yourself. How do you think that that isn't fucking deflating your argument? They're taking care of the road. They're taking care of the Zero goals. Zero goals in almost nine periods of hockey. That, right. that, yeah, that's what the other there. There, It's not some magical coaching change. It's not one or the other. You have to be balanced. It starts from your own end, and it fucking ends with good transition. Have you noticed how bad we are in transition? How many times we turn the puck over? How many times did we just dump it in for the sake of dumping it in rather than putting it in in a good spot and beating guys? What did Philadelphia do well against us? When they didn't have clean zone entries, they put the puck behind our D, they forced turnovers by being physical on our defensemen and make, having them make rush plays, whether it be a rim up the boards or a pass through the middle, and then they capitalized on those turnovers, Dwayne. Did we do any of that? No, Johnny, because, like <laughs> – Because why? That's Ralph? At what point is I mean, it We say, hey, coaching is better and show the plan? we a post game and – talks about the game, and says, well, you know, we had good chances here. We had good chances here. We, we did, did the have a few good chances. Clearly, you didn't, do the, things, Clearly he he didn't did. do the right things because you got shut out for a second time. The Dude, third, time, Carter, Carter Hart, Hart played, played well. You're telling me he didn't play well? Who? Carter Hart didn't play well? Carter Hart played well, but I don't think he got – He excited. made five he saves. He made five really good saves that he needed to make, and Johansson didn't. The game wasn't as bad as it seemed, but we got by the second period. You could just see them get deflated. Dwayne, go back to the first Flyers goal. Jack loses his guy off for of the rebound. Yes or no? He does. No, that, that was. Why more are we of, talking about that, that goal on Dalene? Yes, but Jack had him at that point. It becomes a two-on-two. He's Jack's guy until Dalene takes him back, and Dalene never made it back in time. Right? That's Jack's guy. Why aren't we? Why aren't we talking about Jack? Play. Play. Dwayne, Dwayne, that up. here's my main point right after that Dwayne the whole entire lineup after Jack after the goal goes like this looking around like it wasn't his fault we came out so flat the game was over right there Connor Hart makes a save when it's two to nothing that would have made it two to one probably about five minutes after that we talk about goalies making the save they need to make right yeah that changed a lot we felt bad for ourselves, and it was such a listful, third listless third period. I'm just saying, if Jack picks up his guy there, it's a zero-zero game. The longer whoever scores first there, the Sabers. We've proven that we cannot come from behind. Agreed. We are not no, a come-from-behind team. All. No, we can't even hold the lead when we have it in the third period,
2: Johnny. It, 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 not even You're just
0: saying. When we, we, behind, we play like we feel bad for ourselves and wham, wham, poor me. I'm just saying, it starts from the top down. Jack lost his guy in front. He got out-battled by fucking Couturier or whoever it was. They scored, and instead of Jack just owning it and going to the bench, you know what he did? He looked around. He looked at Darlene like, what the fuck, man? I know Darlene should have been there, but guess what? As the third high forward, as one of the fastest guys in the NHL, and you were in position, Jack, and you lost sight of his stick on the rebound, that's your fucking fault, Jack. That's your fucking fault.
2: There's also (laughs) another Guys, there that he's playing along with. It wasn't just one guy; it was two I guys. Get that. I get that. But
0: Jack is so like immune to our criticism now. That's my point. he's, not. he's the most what do you talk about? He's the most criticized player in Buffalo. That's Every true. day you go out, you go on social media, and people are calling for him to be traded, saying he's not good enough That's to be not a being criticized. They're saying be the most traded. They're not saying he should be traded because he's playing bad. They're saying he should be traded because he, he wants to be and, like, he he deserves no, better. No, 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 that's not – that's not. That's maybe half of it, Johnny. People, and the other half of people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Jack well, shouldn't be traded because know. he's not good. I'm not you saying this is on Jack do. either. I'm just saying it deserves to be equally spread around. We Sabres fans are so quick to say, that's the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. Maybe it's a lot of problems. Maybe, like Eric said, it's a culture thing. Maybe it's it not a one man thing. or one it, coach. Maybe it, it, it's a collective fucking group in shambles. That's my take. Johnny, I don't know how you could sit here and take – like seriously, take a step back. Look at this organization and this franchise over the last 10 years and the decisions that have been made from the top. From the top, all the questionable decisions from LaFontaine, Bringing in Nolan, firing him it when honestly, the Pagoulas honestly, gave you the trouble. It is, the them, it is on them, Blaine. It is. my point. Let me finish point. It's on them. Honestly, you the, the most competitive up. hockey team you've had, honest to God, the most competitive hockey team you've had uh, since the Pagoulas have taken over as owners has been the Tank Team. It's the Tank Team. A thousand percent, it's the Tank Team. That team showed up every single night. They, skate, they were willing to skate through a wall because they played with a bat. Because they were all fucking grind and fucking energy players. Listen, but I'm they, not disagreeing competed, with you. But they competed. Yes, they you're right. Man. This you're team right. This, team, this team's compete level sucks. But we're not saying it's one guy's compete level. It's the whole entire team. But you're saying, but you're saying, when the compete level is that bad, and even the coach says, "Well, they have no confidence, they have no swagger." You don't say a lot of that is also on the the coaching staff. It's on everybody, Dwayne. I'm not saying it's not on everybody. That's all go, I'm saying. You're, you're, you're trying, trying to put words in my mouth that weren't there. It's not on one coach or one player. It's on everybody. And to say otherwise is just a lazy take. And I my not last saying it's not on
2: the of the And I'm not I'm
0: saying too. I'm saying the fucking majority of the shit I see on Twitter. The majority of Sabres fans I interact with, they just want a quick fix. They want a quick answer. Oh, it's that. It's the coach. Oh, it's Skinner. Oh, it's Acquposo. No. Maybe it's everything. I just think it's really lazy to say, "Eh, it's the coach. Eh, it's Acquposo, it's ah, Skinner." Maybe when Allmark's not in net, we don't have an NHL caliber
2: goalie. Coltane has been the problem this year. Even when even even when even when Hutton's been a nut, it hasn't been the problem. I
0: think that the games that we're in, it's been because Allmark's made a few key saves when he needs to make. I don't disagree Allmark, Carter Hart making the saves that he made in this game. Now, am I saying that's the reason why we've lost? No. But I'm saying the games that we've been in and the games we've won, Allmark has made the saves that need to be made that Carter Hutton and Jonas Johansson have consistently not made. Now, I'm not saying they haven't in the past couple games. Neither of those games were on the goalies, but in this league, the margin for error, the difference is so small, Dwayne, you know, just as well as I do that the goalie that makes those saves for his team at the right time, not even more saves, not even more saves, just the right saves that usually dictates the ebbs and flow of the game. Yes or no? I don't disagree with you, Johnny. But but when we're talking about goaltending, right? We're gonna say we're gonna say we're going to talk about goalie. Last two games, three nothing. I think I think one of the goals in the in the first game would have been an empty netter. I can't remember. Okay, then you go to the other Sabres losses, right? Uh, we go to the Islanders, three two. So you're telling me that like 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 when you're consistently only scoring. One or twice a game. This isn't the era where you have where you have Dominic Cash, no. again, dude. You have Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton in that. You need to have the ability to score more than twice. You can't put that on the goalie. I haven't put it on the goalie. My first words were neither of those games were on the goalie. I'm saying the margin for error is so small. You do need to be able to win some games two to one in this league, and I don't think the Sabers have won any like that. Like the thing of it is every single game with the exception of a few so far, Johnny, you've needed your goalie to be like that. And that's the problem. I'm agreeing Isn't with you. That on the onus of the, the lack the of a failure. team. I'm yes, back. that's what I've been saying. That's what all, that's all I've been trying to say. It's a collective fucking failure. And it's so lazy for me to hear fans, not you, fans say it's the prop. That's one prop. That's it. It'll change everything. That to me is so lazy. That's all I'm trying to say, man. And I, I might have unfairly came at you because I'm talking to you, and I think that you, you know, I think that you'll say you'll say this too. You, you echo the collective sentiment of most Sabres fans. Yes,
2: I don't like to put myself in that situation. I
0: am. I'm putting you in that situation. So yes, I might have unfairly came at you for some of those, but it's because I'm talking to you. I just think that we might need to take right. a step back and say, this problem runs through everybody and there's no quick, easy fix. Going back. Okay. Going back.
2: All right. Just, just stop away from that. Going back to our interview with Eric Engels, right? He flat out said, he flat out said that one of the reasons Claude Julien was axed out of Montreal was because of the inability to make in-game adjustments. So why yesterday, why yesterday when you're down three, nothing going into the third period is Kyle Okposo still in your top six?
0: So, listen, he didn't like okay. First, for for one thing, did Ralph Kruger put Skinner up there? Did he put him up there for four shifts? Just yes or no? You might hear my argument. And then, call me was up there, Skinner was up there for I think a total amount of of his ice time. I think maybe three and a half minutes of it was played with Jack and Sam. So that's four to five shifts, right? That was the beginning of the game. Yeah, I think it was it. second and the first second period. Yes, Beg- towards the beginning of the game. But that was when is, they were the Is dangerous. that not an adjustment? Now, I but get that, it. They, they played well. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Did they play well? Did they generate chances? Yes. But did any results come from it? So why go back to the result that does not defending that face? decision? I don't think Ocposo should have went back. I'm not I defending Ralph Kruger. I'm just saying Ralph Kruger is at least willing to make in-game adjustments. The point was with Claude Julien Dwayne, he never did that. He hardly ever touched his lines over his whole 700 games. If you go back and look, listen to his players, they'll tell you he never even tinkered with it. At least Ralph is willing to try. Now, your argument, well, give him more time. Completely agree. I think the biggest problem more than, more than, than yeah. is if you have constant turnover, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the, the front office, whether it's your line combinations, I think that fucking hurts. I think this Sabres team is probably affected most by the lack of a training camp, the lack of the off ice stuff that we talked about with Jean luc and the lack of a preseason, because we have yet to find what works. Yes or no? No, we haven't found what works, but then, but then you, again, you go back to last week, Johnny when
2: when or not, not even yet. Yeah, yeah. Technically last week when Jack Eichel's a late scratch and instead of slotting the guy in again, that you're trying, you're trying as Ralph says, This isn't me. This is Ralph says. It's my job to put these players in positions to succeed. Now you just had a, a position open up in your top six. Instead of putting the guy, Jeff Skinner,
0: into that position to possibly get himself out of this rut, you put Tage Thompson. Yeah, dude, once again, I'm not defending Ralph Kruger. I just don't pretend that I know everything that's going on I don't pretend to know why Jeff Skinner was in the doghouse to begin with. And I, I used the word doghouse because Ralph Kruger came out and said, what is a doghouse? Uh, and he was caught lying. And he no, was caught no, no, no. Lying. I, don't, I don't even want to get into that. I, don't, I think that was simply a fucking – Like people are making a big deal out of that, and it's a shame. That's local media stirring the pot. And, again, once again, Green. once again, people are trying to make that the reason why we're not playing well, and it just is crazy to me. That's not the reason. And I don't think the reason is Kyle kind of like Ockposo. I don't think it's Jeff Skinner. I don't think it's Jack I think it's fucking all of it. And I think it's just lazy by the local reporters to find one. And they're doing their job, I get it. But just this this whole fucking the way the world works now, instant gratification, trying to find it doesn't work that way. Hockey is a fucking grind. It is a collective team sport from the owners to the president to the well, we don't have a president from we have the owners. President. To the GM, to the head coach, to the first-line guy, to the expulsion. It's a fucking culture problem. And I'm not just putting a Band-Aid over a big problem. I just think it's a lazy take to try to point out easy fixes. That's not the way the NHL works. The margin of the good teams between the bad teams is razor thin. But those fucking razor-thin margin, it's about consistency. Dwayne, you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you constantly mix up lines and you don't give lines enough chance to find who works – that affects confidence, that affects consistency, that affects fucking passion and fucking life. And if you don't have that throughout your team, there's a big problem. Once again, not on one guy or one coach or one decision, on a collective effort. That's all I'm trying to say.
2: Anyways... (laughs) I, I don't know. I just... I, I, I'm i out of answers. I never had an answer to begin with, but... I don't claim I have
0: the answer. I think that's my point. I'll end it with this, Twain. I don't like when fans pretend... And I get that's part of being a fan. I guess me personally, I don't like when fans pretend that they have inside access and they know exactly why things are going on. You can guess all you want. You can speculate. That's part of the fun of being a fan, and that's your right. Me personally, I think it's just a fucking shit show when you try to guess and then you you convince yourself of that guess and then that that fucking guess becomes oh it's exactly right that's hard proof I think you need to let things play out I'm putting trust in this coaching staff when nobody else is that hey maybe things will turn around if they don't we can always look at it afterwards I know that's not the fun answer Dwayne I know that's a shitty answer and it's it listen the problem with us Dwayne is we've had 10 years of mediocrity and shitty hockey right yep is it fair to put all ten years on this current coaching staff? No, but it's oh, the reality, my. right? It's the reality. No, but a lot of fans are. They often conf- conflate that. Conflate? Did I just make up a word? Um, <laughs> I don't know. They often, but no. Yes or no? Do a lot of fan, like? It's easy because we've been through it for ten years, but have they? No, no. Ralph Krueger oh, has Ralph I mean, Kruger hasn't is. been in hockey. Ralph Krueger hasn't even been in hockey. He's been in Southampton running a soccer team. Yeah, and, Went, and, hey, I think it's funny how you point that out, Dwayne, but is that not the most pressure and the biggest sport in the world? Yeah, but he didn't do well at that either. He didn't do bad. He didn't do well. Dude, if, you, do it, either. if you dive deep and you read into it, there are people in Southampton that actually questioned what his actual job title was yeah, and no, I really didn't it. have any idea. I read those articles too and I thought they were funny cuz I understand nothing of how Premier League soccer works other than I know it's the most popular sport in the world but one, the, one of, but one of the things that was consistent with what's happening now is that when he gave interviews he loved to use the old, old 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 favorite buzzwords about the same things he does here
2: principles accountability this that he and like literally would literally just talk and talk and talk and never really come to an actual point he's well, doing the same
0: thing here. he owes. us Does he owe us to tell us what's going on in that room? I think if you look at John Cooper, one of the best guys at what he does, do you agree? John Cooper, Tampa Bay? Uh, Yeah. He is much better at it. He has a much better relationship with the local reporters because they've won. But, again, he doesn't fucking come out and give answers. Now, he's a little bit more articulate, I think, and he does it. I just think he gets a better, more of a free pass because they win. When you win, everything is better. I don't think that Ralph Cougar way off on this. I think the reason why those buzzwords exist is because they're when, when executed correctly and throughout a whole lineup, accountability is probably the most important thing along with consistency. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with you. You get tired and old hearing him say that when we don't
2: see that? Fuck yeah, it does. It, it, Johnny, again, it would be one thing if they were losing, but at least looking like the compete was there. The energy is there, the the the, the intensity is there, it, dude. This is worse than last season.
0: I think it'd be just for that's the way at, at all it depends on how you look at it. The beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think for me, at least, you see now what you're doing isn't working. But when you're constantly in games and losing them, then that becomes well, fuck. What's the problem? At least now, I think that as a coaching staff and as a player group, you can look in the mirror and say that's the problem. It's me. It's what I need to do better to make this team win. I don't know. I just, I I didn't mean to attack you earlier. I was just, you're with you, I think you, 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 you express what most Sabres fans frustration comes from. And I just see way too many fucking armchair experts. I'm not saying I'm right. Or I have the answers. That's the point I'm trying to make. I don't, but I trust that the guy that's getting paid to do it knows better than I do. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. I don't agree with all of his decisions. In fact, I disagree with a lot of them. But I trust that there's a method behind his madness. The minute that I think Ralph Kruger is just doing things to do him, just, just to do him, just because that's how fans think, well, just do this. Maybe it'll work. I think he has a plan. I think he's sticking to his plan, even though it doesn't work. Dwayne, if that doesn't work and continues not to work, then you're right. He has to go. But I think calling for his job now is a lazy take. Didn't mean to come at you. Just was putting the whole Sabres fan base on your face. It Would make it a lot
2: easier for me to accept him as our head coach if at least, at the very least, the compete was there. And it's just how
0: is that on the coach, though, man?
2: It's not just. It's not. It's on the the onus is on the players too. But as a coach, and you know this more than anybody, Johnny, it's your job to make sure that that locker room is culturally, mentally ready each and every single game. And it's not. Can I
0: share one? I completely agree. I'm happy you brought that up. Can I share one last thing? Sure. One of the, And I'm not comparing what I did at the junior A level to, to Ralph Cougar at the National League level. There's so many differences and there, it's just not even, you can't even compare. But the hardest thing for me to deal with as a head coach was trying to manage 25 personalities to get one collective goal. I pride myself on my motivational speaking. I prided myself on my accountability. But guess what? Looking back, I wasn't the same to everybody. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, we, we, we fell short of our goal of a championship, but we did make the playoffs. But, one of the hardest things for me to do was to manage those those 25 personalities and to make sure that I held everybody to the same level of accountability because you treat your better players differently than you treat your worst one, or at least I did. And that, to me, is why I wasn't a good head coach. That's why I'm a better goalie coach, and and I'll probably never be a good head, head, head coach in my life because I don't have the skill set nor do I have the patience, or I guess just understanding of how to to get guys to to buy into a message when you can't change the way somebody views themselves. And 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 I think that NHL players are, are much different than that. But it goes back to: Do we have guys in defined roles? I think a good head coach, a good coaching staff. Every player on the team knows their role that will help the team win, and and they get judged on that role. And I'm not going to go back to Skinner, but, like, Jeff, you go down the lineup. Kyle Lachposo, what do you do to help this team win? I'm good defensively. I play physical, and I'm a leader in the room, right? If you do those things, that's all I can ask of you. But here's the problem. When you don't have defined roles and guys are just being judged all the same, I think that's where you run into the problem. Did that make any sense? No. Jeff Skinner, what is your role on this team? I'm gonna be ball. a goal scorer. I'm gonna be a plus player, and I'm gonna finish, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna score more than I get scored on.
2: Yes or no? No, he's a, he's an offensive player, he's there to score right, goals.
0: Right, right. So he gets judged on that. Jack Eichel, what is your role? I'm a number one center. I need to drive possession. I need to be a leader. I need to be the best player on the ice. Yes or no? I agree, but here's playing, every player should get judged through the lens of what is their role, what are they supposed to be doing if this were to be functioning? If everybody was if this was a well-oiled machine and everybody was doing their job to their specific role perfectly, and we were winning, that's how they should be judged. It shouldn't
2: be but I think with Jack with, with Jack. The only exception I make with him is he's clearly been playing hurt since before the start of the season.
0: I agree. That's why there's so many variables, it's really tough. And again, I go back to we as fans do not know. That's why the lower body, upper body injuries thing sucks, right? But it's the way the league works. But I think that if you look at it through the lens of what is each player's defined role and that's how we should judge them, are they executing their role versus just are they executing? Because it's not fair to look at Toby Reader and say, hey, you're not scoring 30 goals a year. Like you're not doing your job. No. What's his job? He's a bottom six forward. That should provide speed, good penalty killing, and be a plus player, right? Provide some energy when we need it, yes? agree. So, like, that's my only point. I'm not going to go through the whole roster. But when you try to view players through this prism of, you know, I don't know, you have to look at it through the lens of what is their defined role? Are they doing that? What have you done for me lately? How consistent have they been at their role? And if we did that, I think we'd be a lot more level-headed as fans. But that's not the fun of it, is it?
2: No, it's not fun. It's miserable. That's my
0: two cents. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me and tell me I'm an idiot. That's fine. I might be.
2: Maybe too many pucks to the head. I don't know. There's a reason why we're goalies, Dwayne. Yeah, well, support for two goalies, one Mike is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Those same jewels currently reside in Kim Pagula's purse, owned by Terry Pagula. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Comes with a built-in flashlight, a plastic guard so you avoid those nicks and cuts. Unbelievable tool for your for, again for your family jewels. Manscaped. Use the code word Trainwreck. All capital letters T R A I N W R E C K. Get you twenty percent off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Uh, Johnny. I don't have a voice anymore, so I think we're going to wrap this up. Thanks again to Eric Engels for coming on with us. Thank Appreciate you. It. And uh,
1: this has been episode 55 of Two Goalies, One Mic.